Welcome to the Good Christian Podcast. My name is Joshua. And my name is Lisa. We are not saying we're always good Christians, but this is always a good podcast for Christians to listen to. We pray that at the Good Christian Podcast, you will always find hope, equipping, and encouragement to follow Jesus well in our modern world. We hope this is a place for you to come and learn how to live out your faith in every aspect of your life. You may not believe everything we do, but we hope this is still a space for you to learn and grow alongside of us, no matter where you are in your faith journey. We hope today's episode is life-changing for you, and if you find value in it, please share it with a friend. Let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, friends, to Good Christian Podcast. This is episode number three, or season two, episode three. You're going to be with me today, and I'm just going to be chatting with y'all. We've been chatting about this idea of vision. As Lisa and I have taken over the podcast, um, you know, we again, we've been digging in a vision. Where, God, are you leading us to go with this platform, with this ministry, uh, with the podcast, etc.? Digging into vision, clarifying vision. Um, uh, as we shared in last week's episode, this is not an area that I've historically been great at, or even I would say naturally gifted in. I'm a bit more of a strategic and a creative mind. So I've always been driven to move forward, but um, just because of my journey in life, I've actually um, had a lot of enemies to living a life of vision, and that's what we're going to be discussing this week is enemies of vision, the enemies of vision. To live a life of vision, the scriptures say, uh, without vision, the people perish or they cast off restraint. But the opposite of that is also true. If that's a scriptural and spiritual principle, well, the opposite of that is true, right? With vision, people flourish. And I love the scripture. When I was a younger man and early in my walk with God, I remember reading through John chapter 10, verse 10. And it said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And I thought, like, I don't even know what that means, Lord, but I want that. And that captured me in this idea of an abundant life, right? Again, back to that word, flourishing, right? Thriving. If you look at look at nature, if you look at... Um, Really, anywhere in life when things are working right, well, what do you see? You see thriving. You see f- flourishing. You see fruitfulness, right? But things can go awry. And just as much as life can look flourishing and thriving, life can also look like more like shriveling, things like perishing, right? And, uh, you know, it's even a cause of death, right? Failure to thrive, right? After like a a major event, if the body doesn't continue to thrive, then that can lead to death, right? And so for God's people, and even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you say, I don't know about all this uh, Christianity stuff, that's old and, you know, whatever. I think you know in your heart, like, you want your life to thrive. You want your life to flourish. And if you're going to have that, then you need a vision, right? And I don't just mean 
goals, although goals are great. Goals are great. Goals are, I would say goals are the natural form of vision. But we're not just talking about goals, right? Um, although those are great. And I think that is an excellent practice and discipline for everybody to have on a regular basis, right? If you write goals down, you're more likely to achieve them. Like it's the research is there. <clears throat> but I'm also talking about spiritual vision. That scripture, um, I always forget it. Is it Proverbs 29, 11? Basically this, without vision, the people perish, right? There's other translations that say without a revelation or without prophetic vision, right? This is where where the Spirit, where God, where um, your spirit within really testifies and desires something in the future and you believe it's possible, right? I believe that's where I, all things really begin is with a, a spiritual vision, with a desire. That's, a, that's another word, right? Um, you know, I think we often forget that the word uh, desire is a biblical word. And so um, I have fought long and hard. I've dug long and hard to living a life. What does it mean to live a life of vision and i think it's vital to look at the enemies of vision what will get in the way of living a life of, of vision and so i'm going to just kind of rip through a bunch of these this may be a little bit more in your face <clears throat> so kind of buckle up it may be a little bit more challenging it may be a little bit more heavy but for every um enemy, I'm going to try to bring scripture to bear. And again, at the Good Christian Podcast, we're all about hope, right? We're all about encouragement. We're all about equipping you to overcome the things that hold you back so that you can follow Jesus well in a modern world. And there's lots of things coming against us as a Christians, right? Jesus literally said that the world, if they hated me, then they're going to hate you, right? The world, the, the drift of the modern world is against us, right? And that's not like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa is us. Like, that's just, the re that's just the landscape. That's just the reality. And so how do we stop spiritual blindness? How do we take care of, how do we and destroy the things that would cause blindness, right? Spiritual blindness. <clears throat> now, if you're a follower of a Jesus, then you would all, you've already been uh, delivered from spiritual blindness, right? Like you, this, the eyes of your heart have been enlightened. And you have relationship with God. And the Spirit is working within you to testify and to guide you in all truth, right? Um, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're still exploring <clears throat> what all this is about, if you're looking for answers, you know, I would really encourage you to just pray a prayer to God of, God, if you're real, if you're real, like, you know what I mean? I'm not into hype. I'm not into a religion. Like, I want the real thing. And so... For my friends who would always say, you know, Josh, you're a great guy and all that. I, I really like you, but I don't, you know, the whole Jesus thing or whatever. You know, I'm not a Christian. I'm not into religion, but I'm not really into religion either. But I'm into the real faith, the real thing that Jesus Christ came to give us, right? And so I think the first I mean, a really true vision, right? True God-breathed vision. You have to have a relationship with God. And so salvation is really the first place to begin. And so if, you know, you're like, oh, God, all this religious stuff. Why am I even listening to this Christian podcast? I don't believe this stuff. Um, just pray the prayer. God, if you're real, would you show up in my life? And uh, that's a prayer that I've always 
seem that God answer. And so I hope that's helpful. If you go and get that out of this podcast, then um, my job is already done. And so, but and now we're going to get into some more tactical, tangible, nuts and bolts stuff. Like what gets in the way of vision, of a vision, a life of vision, not just of, of vision, right? But a life, a visionary life. And by all, by all stretches, the things I'm going to discuss, they get in the way of a lot of stuff. But um, I think they um, really eat at and erode your vision for your life in some very specific ways. And they'll stop you from moving forward to that vision, right? That that um, a gleaming flag, that waving flag and banner over the hill, right? They're like, man, I can just barely see it. Um, you'll stop pursuing that vision if you don't take care of these enemies. And so I'm going to start with one. And this is uh, pretty um, personal to me, but a dysfunctional upbringing. The reality is many, 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 many families, especially these days, are dysfunctional. And that doesn't mean they're bad, they're evil. Um, I grew up in some very, um, you know, a loving home, but that doesn't mean it was all functional. And uh, a dysfunctional environment, especially if you're growing up in a dysfunctional home between the years of zero and seven, those are some of the most formative psychological and neurological formative years for a human mind and quite, quite frankly a human soul because the stuff that gets wired in in those years um, it kind of gets all wired in there and so it can take a lot of time to rewire some of that stuff and so um, you know just with me I would, um, my folks uh, divorced when I was young my father was an alcoholic. Um, I was actually um, abused as a child, uh, not by my family or anything like that, but um, I also stuttered very badly. So I endured a lot of, of mocking and you know all that stuff. So your psyche can get damaged in your upbringing, right? And the problem with those things, it can lead to insecurity, self-doubt, self-worth issues, um, a low self-confidence, um, especially if you endured any real trauma. Um, it can really wound the soul. And, uh, and those uh, negative messages, when they get wired in there, like you just believe that's the way things are. And, um, you know, if that's, if this is already a difficult episode for you, um, I want you to know that our God is able to save salvation. You know, there's this word in the Greek, um, that word salvation, there's a word called sozo, and that means holistic salvation, I love what John Wesley would say. He's like, I believe that God is able to save to the uttermost. And it's amazing <clears throat> when you find relationship with God. He's a father to the fatherless. He is your ever-present help. Um, and the Spirit is a, a, a wisdom and truth and life. And so... What was your environment that was shaping um, does not need to define you. For some folks, they allow it to. And for others, you see that those dysfunctional upbringings actually become the springboard of a life of vision. And so just because you got dealt a bad hand doesn't mean 
you can't learn to play it well. It does not mean that you can't get some new cards, eh? Like, y'all, I'm a stutterer, and I'm communicating to you. Why? Because I got some new cards in my deck now, right? And so um, what was does not always have to be. And so I just want to encourage you with that. Um, don't let your past become your future, right? You can do things in the present. And with God's help, you can change and live a life of vision, hey? And number two, a lot of those early messages, the things that we internalize, right? What if, you know, a classmate said, um, you're ugly, or a, or a teacher said, you're stupid, you're never going to amount to anything, or your dad said, I don't know, you know, uh, you're a disappointment, right? Like uh, these types of inner uh, messages, sometimes they can get locked in, and then they become what I like to call disempowering beliefs. These are things that say, like, you believe it now, right? Someone said you're never going to amount to anything. You believe it. There's a difference between someone speaking it over you and you believing it. I'll be honest with you. The dysfunctional upbringing is nowhere near as damaging as the disempowering beliefs that we begin to own. Why? Because we own them now. They are what we believe about us, about the world. Um, and uh, I would just challenge you. I pray that you're, anytime you listen to us, I pray that you're um, listening for uh, nuggets. You've got a notepad and a pen, or maybe you take notes on your phone. Write this down. What beliefs do I have about myself that are disempowering me? What are my disempowering beliefs? I can share with you one of mine. For so long, because of so many of the challenges I faced, I never felt like a successful person. Even though I was, by most people's standards. Like I would get folks who would say, man, like you're doing da-da-da-da-da. But inside, I always felt like a failure. Isn't that interesting? Folks would view me and even um, compliment me on my six thesis. But in... Whoa. <laughs> Sorry about that. My uh, microphone just... I like to speak with my hands, and so I just had knocked the microphone. Um, so yeah, so it doesn't matter sometimes... All the external validation in the world will never be enough if you don't have beliefs that are empowering. And all the encouragement and motivation in the world won't be enough unless you have empowering beliefs. And I love what Jesus said. The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. And so what I love to do is um, there's a framework I walk through with folks I pastor also with clients and stuff like this is identify what lies you are believing about yourself you know the scriptures say be transformed by the renewing of your mind and um, you can begin the process of rooting out those lies rooting out those disempowering beliefs and replacing them with God's truth. Maybe you feel like a failure, but God says, if you dwell on my word, I will cause you to have good success wherever you go, right? Joshua 1.8, right? Um, you may feel rejected, rejected by your friends, rejected by your peers, you know, but the scripture says in Ephesians 1.3, you are accepted in the beloved. The most true thing about you is you are accepted, Right? You may feel abandoned by your, your parents, right? And that's a deep wound in your life. But hey, guess what? Um, 
God says, I will never leave you, never forsake you. And so first, by identifying those disempowering beliefs and replacing them with God's truth. And what I like to do is kind of try as much as I can to replace them with I am. I am accepted. I am loved. I am value. I have a worth. I am capable. I am empowered by the the Holy Spirit. I am redeemed. I am washed in the blood of Jesus and forgiven of my sins. Um, you begin to really believe that stuff because it's one thing to know it, right? But to ingrain it in your mind that it is true for you to believe it, right? Just because someone spoke it over you doesn't mean you had to believe it, but you did. And again, just because someone preaches it or you've read it or you're listening to it on a podcast doesn't mean you believe it. When you make it a belief, right? Oh, what did Jesus say? Anything is possible to him who believes. If you will begin to believe it, that's when the power is released, right? So I pray right there, maybe... You need to spend a season of your life ripping out and renewing your mind and being transformed by the renewing of your mind, ripping out the disempowering beliefs and renewing your mind um, with God's scripture and God's truth. Number three, um, yeah, this is just a reality, the cultural drift. I don't know why, but I was able to write all these down with at least one letter in it so cultural drift you know I think we all realize that we live in a culture that (laughs) uh, let's just say it like this is probably not living God's vision for what he originally intended and so you know if you're a fish water or excuse me culture is the water you're swimming in right it's the air we breathe the danger with cultural drift is you don't even realize what's in the water does that make sense because it's so um ubiquitous right it's everywhere everywhere you go you're getting bombarded with these messages right and so you know we're lucky in America. We do have some residuals of a biblical worldview, even if it's we're living in a post-Christian uh, culture. We also have a rather success-oriented culture, which, again, is not the same as living a life of godly vision. But, um, you know, I believe it's kind of the residuals of, of oh, oh, what once was um, in some way, shape, or form, right? Um, I believe we definitely, you know, have gained the world, and it's easy to lose your soul in the process. But um, you know, success makes a bad idol, but a good call, right? And so it's kind of in that same vein. But um, you know, I'm also talking about what about your local culture, or what about the culture of your family and friends, right? Um, there's this really interesting uh, reality. It's called crabs in a bucket. Um, I'm from the south, and we used to go crabbing, right? And uh, and you start getting a bunch of crabs out of the water, and you throw them in a bucket, and they're all, you know, they're kind of, you know, are rummaging around, and they're rumbling around in the bucket, and without hail. There's usually a crab that starts to kind of climb up um, and try to reach to the top to escape, right? And you would think like the other crabs would be like trying to to help the crab up. And it just doesn't happen. Well, what do the other crabs do? They pull that crab who's trying to escape the bucket back down. And I don't know what it is, but um, maybe it's insecurities. Maybe it's... Yeah, I don't know, whatever. But um, there is a reality when you start to try to live a life of vision. Oftentimes, culture will try to tell you to conform to the level you're at or that the level that everybody else is around you. And so 
you know, the script. And so how do we deal with that? I think it's creating your own culture in your life. That takes a great deal of responsibility, right? Because you have to be intentional with your relationships. You have to be intentional with the people you put in your life. The scriptures say, um, uh, those who walk with the wise grow wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And so there's just this idea, this principle. Those who you surround yourself, you'll become more like. We've all heard the, uh, you know, the uh, the cliches and the um, and the analogies. If you want to fly with the eagles, don't hang with the turkeys, right? Like, um, and this is not about do we can not love all those around us, right? It's not about that. Um, but often, many people will not share the same vision for their own life as you, and um, even good Christians will not have the same godly vision as you. And so um, getting around like-minded people of common vision or even common values can be hugely helpful. And so I encourage you, if you're getting pulled down into the drift of your culture and those around you, be intentional about surrounding yourself with wise people, godly people, visionary people. And that will be um, a huge benefit. Um, number four, uh, uh, distractions. We live in the most distracted world. <laughs> Social media, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, iMessage, email, television, Netflix. It's like it doesn't stop, right? Um, have you ever <laughs> have you ever gotten that little report from your iPhone at the end of the week? And you look at your t- your screen time, and it's like eighty nine hours or something. You know, and you're like, "Oh my god, was I really on the screen that long?" Right? And so, a distraction is a killer of vision. Distraction is a killer of vision. But it's not just all about social media and what's going on in our culture. Comparison is a distraction, right? Are you trying to, are you watching what everybody else is doing? Is social media and not just the distraction of it, but um, are you like comparing your life with others? I'll be honest with, uh, with me. That used to be a killer of mine I would always like compare myself with those who you know I think are running a better race or achieving a more and this and that and what that does is it stops you from focusing on what you can do which is build your own life build your own vision run your own race right um you know distraction is interesting because it you know it just adds and I don't I'm going to be too harsh here, but like it kind of pollutes your vision, right? With this and that and this and that and this and that. And you can lose the forest for the trees. But I love the scripture of Jesus where he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And if vision is from God and from our spiritual connection and alignment with our Heavenly Father and the Spirit of oh within us and the teachings of Christ that are really become inner convictions, right? Being clouded in our vision with all these distractions um, is a real problem. You know, in that scripture where it says the um, a, a pure heart, um, the the Hebrew there is is um actually could be translated as a single heart. Isn't that interesting? A single heart. In other words, um, it only has really one main priority, right? And everything else kind of fits into that thing. Like everything is one. You've got one heart. You're not got your heart on this and heart on that. And, and let me say, this is a difficult thing to do. And the only thing the way I've found to, that's even possible 
is the scripture that says, um, seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto it. I have found if you put God first, God's kingdom first, his righteousness and his ways first, everything else can kind of fit into that. But if anything else becomes above that, you're first, right? Um, it just, everything goes to crap. It goes to pot. And so if you will put God first, he is the only thing that can sit on the throne, the first priority of your life. And he is big enough that all the other values, all the things that you want, desire, all those things can fit under God and in a life of in their right place. And that's the thing. Having God first in your life helps you clear out the distractions and put things in their proper place. So if you're, you've been feeling distracted, maybe it's time to align your heart on seeking first the kingdom of God. I pray that's, um, pray that's helpful. We're just going to go through a few more and then we'll be done, right? This one's a little tougher. Your inner uh, demons, inner demons. And, um, you know, if you're a Christian, you'd believe in the spiritual, right? You do believe in the supernatural. And I'm not going to get into the demonic realm, although I believe that exists. Um, because I don't focus my time on the things of the enemy. Jesus has overcome sin and death and the grave and the powers of hell. And if you follow Jesus... You have the same resurrection power working on the inside of you that set Jesus above every authority, power, principality, and dominion and name that is named, right? Every name that is named, including every power of hell. And so the more you can put your faith and your focus on Jesus and understand his power at work in you, the demonic becomes less and less and less and less of an issue, right? And so what I'm talking about is, and, and I've already kind of described some of your inner demons, but that can come from a uh, dysfunctional uh, 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 bringing. But I'm just going to list um, a few of them. Maybe you've got a real thin issue, right? Like something you, maybe you always lie or you always a gossip, right? Or maybe you have an addiction. If you have an addiction, I think one of the most important things you can do is just acknowledge it, right? The first step, right, is always to come out of denial, right? Tell someone, get the, get the help you need. There's no shame in it. The shame is from staying um, hidden. Don't let the enemy keep you in a dark place alone if you're struggling. Um, maybe it's things like uh, depression, I'll be honest with you, I have struggled with uh, depression in my life. And I um, sometimes these inner demons can seem overwhelming, like you can't overcome them. But with God's, God's help, with others' help, with uh, medical help, with all the help you need to get, get the help you need, you can overcome. You can overcome. You can overcome, right? Um and maybe it's things that are less uh, dire, it's things like insecurity. Insecurity will rob you because you're focused inward on your lack and you never bring your sufficiency, your gifts, your abilities to the world. I pray if you struggle with insecurity that you would know that you have a worth value that is unshakable, that you matter, it just do. You've got things to offer that no one else in this world can. And so if you don't get past that, you're not going to bring it. And we're lesser f for it. And so I pray that you would find security in Christ. Nothing can take you out of his arms. <clears throat> Maybe it's other things like self uh, confidence. Maybe it's something pretty tough like a trauma in your past. Um, if you have trauma in your past, get the get the help you need. Um, and just a know that safe people 
are around. You can find safe people as you rebuild and get through that stuff. And so um, I just pray, you know, whatever those inner demons are, that you bring them out of the darkness and into the light because they can't last in the light very long. And just know that um, those things you struggle with don't have to define you. Um, the next one, disappointment. I actually looked up the um, definition of disappointment. And of course, I know I lost it. But um, disappointment is in- interesting. And dispossessed, uh, dish out, it discount, disappear, disappoint. To cause disappointment, to fail to meet the expectation or, or, um, or hope of. And disappointment's an interesting thing. Disappointment comes when you've appointed someone to a place of, of hope or expectation, and it's really good to acknowledge if someone's this, you know, and I've just actually been recently kind of processing through some disappointments in the past um, couple of years, right? Sometimes the disappointment is your fault because you placed a hope or an expectation on someone they could not meet or were never able to meet. And that's a tough pill to swallow, right? And so if you've been disappointed in the past, it's always good to check and see where do I need to own some of what what, what happened. Then the other aspect is like maybe they just did do wrong, right? They really didn't live up to an expectation that they should have lived up to And for that, I would just say the difficult thing about being a Christian is that we're called to forgive. Jesus said, forgive and you will be forgiven. Forgive as I have forgiven you. I love as I have loved you. I'm not going to linger on that one. But if you're struggling with disappointment, don't ignore it. you got to go after it. And you got to deal with it and wrestle that bad boy to the ground. Because disappointment, if left unchecked, can often lead to the, the next one, which is a discouragement. Sometimes things like disappointment after disappointment after failure after disappointment after this was tough, this was tough. It's almost like, you know, dying a thousand by a dying a death by a thousand little paper cuts. Sometimes the difficult things in life can pile up so that you end up in a discouraged place and you don't have the courage to move on. And if that's you, I would say, there's a scripture I love. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope yet again in God. We don't deny the fact that we're discouraged, but yet we don't dwell on it. And I can deal with discouragement as well. And when I get uh, discouraged, um. It's tough because you don't have the courage to keep going on. So one, I call a friend. I don't deny the fact I'm discouraged, right? I don't deny it. I call someone and say, dude, I'm discouraged. And you know what? Someone puts encouragement back in me. What is encouragement? Putting courage in, right? It's amazing how a life-giving friend can put courage into you and help you see that 
your soul being downcast isn't the full reality of the picture, right? Sometimes our lives are so subjective. We just need a little bit of objective truth and objective perspective. And all of a sudden, the discouragement just lifts, right? Um, But sometimes you got to tell your soul we're done being discouraged. Put your hope again in God. And I pray if you're discouraged right now, anyone under the sound of my voice, I pray that you would know that the Spirit of God will give you the courage you need. The friends that God's given you will help put courage in you. And you can walk out of this place right now. Put your hope again in God because we need you. We need you to keep going and you matter. So keep going, all right? And last one. Oh, no, I got one or two more after. I got one more after this. Despair. Despair sucks. Despair is tough because despair is like you've given up hope. You, you, you've lost hope that things can change. There's a scripture that says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when desire comes, it's a tree of life. You know, I was a single man as a minister for almost a decade. Can I tell you? For a while there, my heart got sick because I never thought a partner would come even though I wanted that. And uh, sometimes when you lose hope that things will change, you stop trying and to you i want to say but think about when the desire comes the scripture says it's a tree of life the only time it talks about the tree of life in scripture is in the garden right there in proverbs and then in a revelation when we're walking with the lord so i want to encourage you if you're kind of despairing that this is never going to change of my desire is never going to come. Have the courage to yet again. Think about what you desire. What would that be like? What would it be like if you truly got what you desire? What would it look like? What would it smell like? What would it feel like? What would it taste like? What would you feel like? What would, um, how would you feel about yourself? What would you do to change the lives of others, right? What, what would that bring into your life? And you know what? God's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than even that. And so, and the last one, and I think this is probably the most important, is a division. You know, we just live in a world of abundant choices, right? You can like, analysis paralysis right you can have so many options that you don't know what to do and you know i don't believe in it completely but i like the old uh, adage if you chase two rabbits you, you don't eat and uh, i don't think that's completely true although i completely get it um if you try to take off too much you don't do anything very well i think that's more true than that old adage is because if you're listening to this, you're probably a pretty high capacity in the visual. And I have found most people can really take on three to five major objectives, right? Um, but if you're engaging in one and one ever, but you don't have a clear vision on that one and ever, if you're like, well, I want to do this one, I want to do that. Then you're chasing two rabbits, right? You're not going to eat. Clarity of vision is so vital because if you don't have one vision, then you have what? A die vision. Die means two, right? And in the division is things like disunity. Um, I think one of the most difficult things about a vision is... Just the clarity, right? Just the clarity. Because if you don't have clarity, 
more and more things start to get into the vision, and then you get in this place I call uh, overwhelm. And when you get overwhelmed, it stops action because you don't know what to do next. And so, again, back to that um, beautiful scripture, and blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Have one cohesive vision for your life to honor God. Everything else can fit under that banner, right? If you make anything else your first, it just doesn't work, right? And so um, within that, he'll find you, you will find how he has wired you to give your best and make the greatest contributions in life. And so I pray that if you're divided, right? What does the scripture say? A double-minded man or woman is unstable in all he does. But right in that same chapter in James, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God and God will give it because he is not, um, he shows no partiality, right? But believe it. And so I want to say, if you're lacking a vision, if you're feeling like, and I get to this place regularly, if you're lacking a vision and you feel like you're divided in your interests, pray to God for wisdom. Pray to God for wisdom, and he will give you the wisdom to clarify your vision. Now, this may mean you've got to prune some good things in life, right? What does the scripture say? If you produce fruit, those he prunes, so they produce even more fruit. Often, the uh, my buddy Alex likes to say, the enemy of the best is often the good, right? So and maybe you've got some good things in your life, but to really pursue the best vision, you're going to have to let some things go. I've had to let some things go. And so I pray against a division in your life and that you would have a pure heart, one vision, a clear vision, a compelling vision that you would have if you're stuck in despair and you think the vision will never come I pray that you will um, dwell on the desire. What will it be like when you get there? What will that tree of life be like? If you're discouraged, put your hope again in God. Reach out to a trusted friend that will encourage you. If you've been disappointed, I pray that you will just face it and forgive it. And God willing, uh, move on. Conquer your inner demons. Avoid the distractions in life. Swim against the cultural drift. Root out your disempowering beliefs. And understand that your past and your upbringing, your dysfunction, doesn't have to say dysfunctional, but you can become functional. You can become effective. And you can become a visionary in your life. If you've uh, said, ah, I've done all that before. Yeah, well, maybe do everything I just said and try again. Try again. Sometimes courage and faith is not big, bold, grand moves and loud yells, but sometimes it's just when you go to bed at night and you quietly say to yourself, I'll try again tomorrow. I pray, I pray, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will put your hope again in God, that you will ask him for the wisdom you need to seek vision, to clarify your vision, because God has put a spark of desire and destiny in every one of us. I believe in you. If you're listening to this, I know that God has put a purpose and a destiny in your heart. And I pray that as difficult as the journey may have been, what he's called you to matters so much more than what you've been through because 
there's going to be so many folks, so many people who live and are blessed by the influence of your vision, your God-breathed vision. And so the world needs it. We need you. So don't stop. I know sometimes life is hard, but with God's help, with good and godly friends around you, and with those who will speak wisdom and courage into your life, we can live a life of vision and fruitfulness that will impact the world around us. I pray that God will bless you. He will keep you, and His face will shine upon you. And I just want to end with a quick time of prayer. Lord, thank you for every single person that's listening. I pray wherever they are, whatever country that they're in, I pray that your spirit would cross the cultural boundaries. I pray that they would have just grabbed a nugget, something, anything that they can take and change their life with. Father, for all the enemies of your vision in their life, I pray that by your spirit, they would be given the courage to take action to kill those enemies. And may your vision, your spirit, build and birth in them a greater life of fruitfulness than they could ever possibly imagine. And Jesus, we pray that it brings you glory. And if there's anyone who does not know you, I pray that they would just pray the prayer. Lord, if you're real, show yourself. And Lord, we do pray that you will answer that prayer. And so we just acknowledge you. We say thank you. And I think, Lord, if there was anything, anything I said that was of you, may that stick. If there's anything that was me, and uh, we can just let that slip away. So, Lord, we bless this time, and we say thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, friends, so thanks for staying with me. I know this was a longer episode than you're probably used to, but, um, yeah, it just came pretty quick, and I knew I needed to kind of dig into the enemy's vision here. So if you're not um, a regular listener, please subscribe. We'd love to um, have you on the journey with us. We're, we want to grow. We want to grow and do the journey together, uh, learning and growing to follow Jesus well in our modern world, right? Every time you listen to the Good Christian podcast, you're going to hear um, hope. You're going to hear equipping and encouragement to follow Jesus well in our modern world. And we pray you find value and wisdom to, to help you live your faith out in every area of life. And like we've said, if you don't believe like we believe, we pray that you find value and wisdom to live well and that will serve you well. And friends, um, if you've not gotten onto our our newsletter, um, it is if you go to dailyps.com, you can subscribe right there. And that's our blog. This is our podcast. And uh, yeah, if you'd like to... um, make any comments or give us any feedback you can like us on the daily ps on instagram and facebook so friends thank you for being with us and we look forward to seeing you next week